So we've been talking a while about the NFL, but, you know, like I said at the very start of this one, we want to talk more about the Bears, and I do want to talk more about the Bears. So let me just take a deep breath, and then we can get into that great Bears talk. I don't think we need to follow a formal, you know, say studs and duds or anything like that. I think you can just raise any questions you have, and we'll work from there. So, but I think to start, Oren, give me your initial reaction to the Tampa game. Um, initial reaction. Oof, this is a good one. All right. I like looking at, I, I like giving like a brief summary, but I'm going to do it right now. Mm-hmm. I like looking at what the analyst and what the people write about who's going to win, Bears or whoever. Yeah, and there's for what? For like Tribune or just anything, random? Anything, anything. Mm-hmm. Like the Tribune's included, all of this. And what I find interesting is there's some people who are one in three, who've picked against the Bears every single game, all right? Mm-hmm. And they keep picking against the Bears. And there's some people who just don't believe in the Bears, right? Mm-hmm. And there's some people who are four and one, who pick for the Bears every game. Not every game, but yeah. Not Well, I mean, they're yeah, four and okay, one. Yes. They got one game wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that was dumb of me. But yeah, but it, you know, okay, whatever, go on. And what I find really interesting is that I looked, I'm, I'm looking right now. And some of the people who are picking them to go 0 and 5, like who have picked them to lose every single game, are still picking them to lose against the Panthers. What I find so interesting is that this game was a game. The Bears beat the Buccaneers, a good team. I think it's stupid that people are saying the Buccaneers aren't a good team. Tom Brady is a great player. He might not be elite, but he's a great game manager. They have great receivers, a good defense, good running back, solid running back, good tight ends good offensive line and good coach. What is their real hole on this team? It's not like they're like the Browns with the worst organization ever, or they're like uh, a really bad team. They're a well-coached team with a fine organization. The, 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 I would say I, there are a few quarterbacks in the NFL right now. I would take over Brady to come and win a game when it's needed. And I think that, I think that in this game, which was a, a big win for the Tom Brady, which would have really, it's not like one of those games that he stupidly loses. I think Tom Brady needed to win this game. I mean, it was a game that he stupidly loses, but I I don't think it's the way that you're thinking of, like, you know, lose to the Dolphins in week 16. Yeah, no, it's not like one of them. I I know, but when you say stupidly loses, I think that that's exactly how you describe Tom Brady thinking it was fourth down or thinking it was third. I don't don't think he truly thought it was fourth down. I think think he was just being a a, a wuss. I think that, I don't know, when Bruce Aarons was asked after the game, he said Tom Brady knew it was fourth down. I'm just... A bit confused. I, I don't know. I think that you can make the argument either way. I don't really know, but it's not even worth getting into because the Bears got come forced four incompletions. I think there was 40 seconds left. It's fourth and five. Who's to say that even if even if Brady thought it was that down, who's to say that he would have gotten it, right? Yeah, but there was also a guy wide open. He was saying, you know, I'm just thinking about chunk yardage, but if you're thinking that it's fourth down, I was looking at the play. I don't know who the player was specifically. Um there was a guy who looked like if Brady had thrown the ball his way, he could have ran for the first down. But I don't know. I don't know what's going on in that play. I feel like if he thought if he thought it was third down, don't you think that he would have went for those short yardage rather than like the chunk yardage? Well, no. Well, I don't know. I don't know how he operates, and I don't even know if he thought it was fourth down or not. But I think he was thinking it's fourth down here. I can take one more shot, and then I it's fourth and five, so I can probably manage to get a chunk play on fourth down. Teams who run the ball. And third down typically are, are saying that they're going to go for it on a fourth down because they just want to make the fourth down easier. Brady's one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. He knows every single philosophy in football. And I, I would be surprised if he didn't know that one. 
But all right, not not the point. The Bears proved that they're a good team. I watched the game pretty much all over through a film review, like all, almost like two hours of it mm-hmm. last night, right? Mm-hmm. I can go player by player. Offensive line was really bad, but they played debatably one of the best, if not the best defensive lines in football. Yep. Ever really good defensive line. Jason Pierre-Paul, Vita Vea, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack Barrett, whatever. It's not the point. And they have great linebackers in Devin White and Levante David. All right. Foles did just enough, right? Yep. Just enough. And do the Bears need a quarterback who does just enough? The Bears want a quarterback a bit better than doing just enough, right? Mm-hmm. But you know what? If he does just enough to win every single game, then the Bears can go 15-1. and one. Obviously, he's not going to, right? Mm-hmm. But my point is, is that just enough is okay. It's not the end of the world. And if Foles played like that for every single game – I wouldn't be ecstatic, but I wouldn't be like, that's the worst thing ever. Because under yeah. the pressure... Here, I want to go... Then I want to get to what I'm saying, of course, because it's my turn a little bit. Yeah. But I'll, if yeah. you want to finish what you're saying, then you can do that. I was going to say that Foles had an average game, but the defense is what really stepped up. The defense had a few plays here and there that were really a bit confusing. But all in all, they stopped Tom Brady in this explosive offense who just came up for a 38-point game, I think. Let, let them down to 20 points. They really slowed them down. And I mean, I really think that even though this defense is a clear hole, uh, hole and they can't really stop the run that well. And I mean, Ronald Jones just ran all over them. Ronald freaking Jones ran all over them. It's a bit scary when you're in a division with Dalvin Cook and Aaron Jones, but it's not the point. The point is, is that I think as the year goes on, they'll be able to fix that more because they'll be able to change their philosophy. But I mean, this pass defense is really elite. Khalil Mack dominated the game. Robert Quinn, what I found interesting. You I like pass look, rush. You mean pass, pass rush, not pass defense. Let's get straight. Pass rush and pass defense. Mm-hmm. Robert Quinn went down two Madden overalls after this week, and I think that's so stupid. <laughs> Come on, I, 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 I get mad and stupid, but I was very confused. He had an insane pressure rate. He was near Brady almost every single play, right? Yeah, but he didn't get any stats. He didn't get any stats, but he forced Brady to throw it a bit quicker. That is what you want from him. If he gets those amount of – if he does how he plays against – What's Buccaneers, his Madden overall now? 79, which is ridiculous. That's fun. It is fun. Um, but um, if he – what's it called? If he plays like he did against the Buccaneers every single game, I will be so happy. Because the way he played helped Khalil Mack and helped Akeem Hicks. Okay. Okay. Let me get to what I'm saying here. So there's two trains of thought or maybe even three. I'll get to that. Let's say – let's for, – for now – I'll get into the other option later. For now, let's assume that we're going to call this Buccaneers team a good team. Let's say despite their injuries, they still got Tom Brady, like what you were saying. For now, for this argument, let's say that let's call this Buccaneers team a good team. So the Bears beat a good team, but not by a lot. Is the fact that the Bears, so there are two schools of thought, and I don't know what I uh, agree with. Either... Uh, the fact that the Bears could beat this Buccaneers team by not a lot, or in this school, you'd say, you know, this not great Buccaneers team by not a lot proves that down the line, they're not going to be able to have success against really, really great teams. Uh, and even if they make the playoffs, they're not going to be able to have success. The fact that the Bears didn't play their best game uh, and they, they barely beat this beating up Buccaneers team proves that they're not a great, truly great team. And that was a lucky win, right? That's one school throughout. That's kind of the pessimist. 
The yes. other school of thought is that the Bears were able, able the Bears were able to beat this good Buccaneers team, this team that is still good despite the fact that they are missing some of their central players, even when they weren't having their best game, even when they weren't playing their greatest. The Bears could still come out and win, and they've got a winning mentality, and that when the Bears do reach their full potential or do better, then they will be able to beat good teams by even more than that. I don't know which one I agree with and if that makes sense to you. So now I'm going to say a few things. I'm usually more of an optimist and I'm going to be argue for the optimistic side because I think that's what I agree with, right? Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the Bears schedule right now. I think you can make an argument the Buccaneers are the second best team they play. I think maybe second or third. You're, you're just a hater on the Saints. I think the Saints will be a hard matchup. I think the Bears lose to the I Saints. Agree, I, agree, but I, I agree, but who is a better team, Buccaneers or Saints? I think the Buccaneers are a better team than the Saints. Yeah, right? but I think the Bears match up better with the Buccaneers and the Saints. All right. Fine. <laughs> All right. I think that the Titans are a good team. The Rams are a good team. But I think besides that, I think the Buccaneers... That's, that's some good teams they still got to play, Orin. I 100% agree. And also, you can't... I mean, they did get it done against good teams. I mean, bad teams at the start, which is... Good, you never know. They always drop a few games to bad teams. Even in the 12-4 and four season, they lost to the Giants. No, 100%. What I'm trying to say is, is that I think that they played one of their best teams that they're going to play. I think I can make an argument that the Buccaneers are a better team than the Saints and the Rams and then the – and then the – what's it called? Mm-hmm. And then the Titans. And I think that if you put the Buccaneers against any three – all three of those teams, I think the Buccaneers – I think the Buccaneers would beat the Rams and the Titans. And yeah. even the Saints already beat the Buccaneers. I think that it was Tom Brady's first game. And the Saints have really declined from then. And the Buccaneers are becoming better and better. Okay. Right? Also, I found this interesting. I was watching a two-hour film review. And the person who was doing it said something I thought was interesting. The Bears have a few games in the season, right, where their offense clicks. And every single missed opportunity that they usually have, they don't miss. The Bears could have gotten 37 points last game, right? Mm-hmm. If everything went well, right? So if you want a successful team, 80% of the opportunities that you should have, like it's, it's 37 points, including the the the, Alan- Darna, the miss pass to Darna Mooney. Mooney. If when he didn't, if when Nick Foles didn't take that sack and or, and fumble and lose a lot of yards, <laughs> instead he threw a touchdown there. If if he passed it to Robinson and made that complete pass on third and one. You give them a field goal there, all right? That's a big swing. That's 17 points by itself, right? But I'm not going to say that. Yeah, but also, you know, the pessimist would say the fact that they had these mistakes in the first place isn't exciting. It's saying that there are these holes that are going to become more prevalent. You know, will the holes get patched up and they get better or the holes become more prevalent throughout the season? And that's only only time can tell that. And I think that'll be a lot of testament testament to – what I, thought was, abilities. what I thought was interesting is that if you look at the Mooney throw, it looks on paper like a terrible throw. Let's get this straight. It was Foles' fault, right? Yep, 100%. Here, sometimes the route he ran was he went into the inside and into the outside, all right? It's kind of like – it's hard to explain. I'm not really sure what the route's Well, I think – okay, before – well, I interrupt <laughs> you here. I just – I, I could, man, could chalk that up to – you know, it's still only a second game with this team. It might just be out of sync, so hopefully – a few games down the line, he can become in sync with these guys, especially I'm very happy. I'm a Darnell Mooney supporter since day one, or really since I noticed he'd be a part of this offense. Um, 
Now he's been moved up to number two on the depth chart, as Oren informed me a few hours ago, which I think is pretty big news considering he's a rookie wide receiver. And normally it's taken these other rookie wide receivers a few years to even get any targets or any snaps. And now he's already the number two wide receiver on the Bears moving up over Anthony Miller. Anthony Miller looked pretty good the first game. Then he was absolutely silent the second game. Uh, he just hasn't played very well. And all right, so I'm going to go back to the Mooney play, right? It looks like a bad throw. But if you watch the play closely, Mooney goes to the left, right? Turns mm-hmm. to the right. And he's kind of facing towards the sideline. And then he kind of keeps going a bit straight. So by the time Nick Foles throws the ball, he thinks Mooney's going to the sideline. And yeah. Mooney kind of straight. Well, it was it a miscalculation is what you can chalk it up. 100%. And I think that these plays are going to get fixed up. Alan yeah. Robinson. Well, that, that's what I was saying. I don't know what I believe. I'd like to be more of an optimist here, but, you know, it's a thought of. It's a thought of. Will become there, more prevalent or will they get fixed up? And there's no way to know. But exactly. I, think that, I think that it's more likely that these plays get fixed up. Yeah, and I think for now it's, it's just the, uh, the fact that the Bears have been able to win with all these mistakes shows that I think that, the mistakes will get patched up. 100%. I think Nick Foles is a quarterback that as, as practice goes on, he's going to build chemistry. In two weeks, that pass will never be, be incomplete to Allen Robinson. Oh, wow. And, I, yeah, I mean, okay, it's not even like it's that great of a pass. So, yeah, that's not that super bold. Okay, and in four to five weeks, that'll be a touchdown to Darnell Mooney. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's great. But also just judging by Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky, I think if you just look at their facial expressions, you can tell which one's the more experienced and which one's the younger quarterback. Mitchell Trubisky always looks scared. Nick Foles throws an interception. He comes back the next possession. He's stone cold looking, you know, ready. He's very professional. He's been in the league long enough to ha- know how to handle these tough clutch situations and I don't he's not a guy who I mean he is a guy who rises and falls he gets hot and he gets cold but I think it's not because he does not get in his head which I think is great 100% if he's very professional if he throws an interception he's gonna work on it the next drive and not think you know just flush it and move on I remember I think it was the Super Bowl Nick Foles in the Super Bowl and they asked Nick Foles Nick, you seemingly do better under pressure or physical pressure or mental pressure, both of them. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like a question. He was just stating like they were just stating you do better under both of them. Right. Mm-hmm. Why is that? And he's told this story about his dad. And when he was younger, he used to play basketball. And his dad said that the, um, that the most important time to, to win a game is at the end of the game, something like that. And he said, like, you need to, instead of worrying about missing the shot, you need to take advantage of that shot. And you need to make you need to make that shot rather than worry about it. And I think that that goes to show a lot about Nick Foles. That Nick Foles goes. Your amazing the- paraphrasing of Nick Foles' story shows a lot. And but it yeah, three years ago, and it was in the middle of the Super Bowl. I wasn't. Yeah, I know. Of- it's just funny that you're going to bring that up, and then <laughs> I vaguely remember it. It's not the point. Okay. The point, yeah. The point is, is that Nick Foles does well under pressure. Is he an elite quarterback? No. But is he exactly what the Bears need? to make it to the playoffs. And you know yes. what? If Nick Foles hot, they can be scary. If Nick Foles plays like he's right now, they'll be out in the first round. All right? Yeah. yeah because... make it. But Nick Foles, as you've seen, when he plays in West Coast offenses with winning teams, is a good, elite, and hot quarterback when playoffs come. Hot quarterback. But, yeah, I know. he's uh, He gets hot. But, um, yeah, he, I agree with that. I'd like to bring up a few more things. The running game. How concerned are you about the running game? 
All right. And how much do you know, just how much do you chalk it up to David Montgomery? How much do you chalk it up to the offensive line? Uh, This has been going around. I think it was the bears have had 63 yards in the past two games. They have played good run defenses, but I'll let you speak now. There are two schools of thought. Yep. Here we go. This is my thing. Optimistic Oren says Mm -hmm. they play two of the best run defenses. James Daniels got hurt in the middle of the game. He's out for the rest of the year. How is that optimistic? No, I'm no, I'm saying he's out for the rest of the year. This new guy came in. Right? Yeah, that's bad, but it's also he's going to get okay. Better. I'll let you get to the pessimist part because yeah, First game ever, right? Pessimistic part is it got 63 yards. To be brutally honest, and and although you like you can say, oh, they're only bad because James Daniels got hurt. James Daniels is hurt from the rest of the season, and this already bad run defense and protection. Yeah, yeah, the low average is might get even worse. So. Do I want to be optimistic? Yes. But I think it's a combination of both, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, it doesn't help that you play these great defenses, but that's not an excuse. David Montgomery is never at fault. I hate to say it. I know that, that you can be like, no, that's wrong, whatever. And that's a complete over-exaggeration. Because David Montgomery, obviously, he could have better vision. He could be faster. He could be all this stuff that's better, right? But I think David Montgomery does the best with what he's given. And I think that if you give the film to a random NFL fan and say, look at David Montgomery and watch him play, they will be impressed. And then you show him their stats, his stats, and you go, wow, that's bad, right? There are two different NFL fans. If one looks at film and not stats, Montgomery's a top 15 running back. One looks at stats, not, not, not film. One thinks that he's a very, very, very bad running back. Yeah, I mentioned this last time. I think I'm kind of losing my patience in David Montgomery. I'm really? going to repeat basically what I said last uh, last episode in that after 2019, my thought was David Montgomery is a great running back. This offensive line just hasn't been good enough. But my thought here is that if you're going to be a great running back, you have to be able to work with what you have in the offensive line. You're not always going to have a top five offensive line working with you. Of course, that is an incredible factor in a running back's production, but David Montgomery is just not explosive. So I brought this up last time. He has an incredible ability to break the tackles, but if he's breaking one tackle and he can't explode out, you know, and he's not fast, basically. I've, he's had one big run his entire career. I think fast. And, and even then, his one big run of over like, of he, it was a 40-yard run. He didn't even take it to the house because he ended up getting tackled. No, he, I don't like that he's not... Like but, he, he had like four yards. He he chunks off like four yards of carry. I want someone who can get me like, he's just not explosive enough is what I think. And I, okay. He's good at breaking the tackles, but when you're breaking a tackle and you can't move forward, it doesn't make a difference if it takes you one or 11 guys to get you negative one yards. If you know what I'm saying? Yes. I will say one thing. There's a difference between fast and quick. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I definitely understand that. David Montgomery is quick. He's very quick. Very he's quick. He's very quick on his feet. He but he's just not fast. But Benjamin, how often do you need a running back to be fast? I think, I think you, you do because it's not about he had, David Montgomery has fast instincts. But what I'm saying is when you if you're in the open field or if you he can make he just doesn't what I'm saying, he doesn't get big yards a lot. And no, I think yeah, that I think even that. when even when this offensive line gets repaired, he's not gonna break off for a big run. Because he's just not ex- he's not explosive enough, like I've been saying. He's not fast enough. And that really concerns me. He can, you know, he's he can be a bruiser, but I don't 
I don't know. He's, he's been pretty good in the receiving game. I'll say that. I'm very, very, very excited to see what he does against the Panthers. They're not a great run defense. They're not terrible. And, and right? I really, really I, I'm asking David right here to prove me wrong. Please prove me wrong. I, I want to be a lover of you. And if you if you have one good day, game, Mr. David Montgomery, then I'm, I'm right back on that bandwagon of loving you. I just, I'm starting to lose my patience with him because he just, at some point, you've got to be able to make something out of nothing. And I don't know. But he does make something out of nothing. That's like his thing. No, I know. But I, I okay, I understand he is making something out of nothing. But his something is getting zero yards versus negative four. And just, I had this feeling that if he were a truly great running back, he would be able to, at some point in the game, and this might be a testament to that he had like 13 touches or something. He had very little carries, but at some point in the game, he should be able to break off for some part of a run. No, that's fair. I think that what I think makes me a bit happier about Montgomery, but this is about Montgomery. Patterson has done nothing the past two weeks receiving. I mean, running wise. Running. Why does that make you happy? Maybe Patterson is not the answer either, man. No, I'm not saying Patterson is the answer, but if you watch Patterson, he's getting stopped at the line of scrimmage and doesn't do anything. Montgomery is gaining two yards, two to three yards, right? Patterson sometimes crazy. games like five yards. I mean, I feel like he hasn't been that good the past few games. Let me see. Um, but either way, it's not the point. The point is. I think that even when their run game was really, really, really bad, they were still able to do very well. And I think that that's really interesting. Very interesting. I mean, they weren't doing very well. And again, it's like, is it, is it the question of, and this is, there's not really a way to answer it right now. Is it, is it the running game will come back to bite them and it'll get worse as the season goes on or the fact that they've been able to win even with the bad running game proves that when the running game gets better, they will be a lot better. So I don't know. I've got a few more topics I want to cover with this one Bears game. So then uh, maybe we can move on. Brutally honest, Mm -hmm. I don't know that much about run defenses, but I do know that none of the run defenses throughout the next weeks are any what elite besides for the Saints. They have a good run defense and the Rams are okay. Everyone else in the Bears play is a bad run defense. And once it's, it's Panthers and who else do they play? Panthers, you mean Rams, Saints, Titans, Titans, Vikings don't. Packers haven't bad. Lions have bad. Texans have the worst, one of the worst in the NFL. Vikings are bad. Jaguars are bad. Packers are bad. Wow. Is that their season? That's their season. Got it. So then that that's, that's schedule is, inspiring. Schedule is the hardest. It's not the worst. What's the hardest? I said the their bear schedule isn't the hardest. It's not easy, no doubt about it, but it's not. It's not the yeah, who said it was the hardest? No, I'm just saying, like, people are like, the Bears' schedule is so easy, but it's like, I don't know if it's going to get that much harder. Like, oh, I understand what you're saying. It's like, oh, it's been so easy. Wait until they play their hard teams, but they don't have that many hard teams. Yeah, I understand that. And I think many- that mainly, like, unless you're in the NFC West, a lot of the teams in the NFL play majority bad teams when you think about it, because even if you're in the NFC West, you're going to be playing another team with uh, a division with teams that are at least worse than yours. And if you're, for example, like the Patriots, they had to play the Jets, Dolphins, and Bills who weren't great for a lot of years. So I think generally people don't realize that the majority of the teams that uh, teams play year in and year out are bad teams. So if you're good at beating the bad teams and that, that'll give your team success. All right. So 
you go on to your next topic or we can go into the predictions. What I, I've got a few more things I want to cover. We can go a bit more uh, quickly. First of all, Jimmy Graham. I mean, he's been spectacular. He's been looking yeah. amazing. He's been looking young. He's been looking fresh. He has great chemistry with um, Nick Foles. There's not much I can knock on him about. You would definitely be a stud of the game. Uh, I'm just excited to see how we can continue to prog- to progress as a red zone threat. And I want to see like what percent of their touchdowns have been Jimmy Graham. Do you know how many touchdowns they've had this year? Cause I know Graham has four. Graham has four. They had one against the Buccaneers. That wasn't Graham. They had Robinson Miller got one. That wasn't Graham against the Falcons. Robinson had another one against the Colts. Um, Rob. Um, Are you counting? Yeah, I'm counting. Um, Mooney had one and Montgomery had one. All right. So that's five. And then Miller had one. Who else had one against the Lions? It was Miller, Graham, and Javon Redd. So seven, four out of four out of eleven, I think. So then that is like more than a third of their touchdowns. I mean, that doesn't sound that astounding, but still, point Pretty. being, Jimmy Graham's an insane red zone threat, and I'm glad that you know the rumors coming out of training camp a while ago were true and that they really like him. He looks like a great but now, catcher. But now I'm going to go As for Cole Komet. The first time his name has been mentioned, he got a penalty. So that made me sad. Like the first time I've really seen him do anything in a game, he picked up a penalty. I, I'm really interested to see what they do with Cole Komet. Every yeah, because I mean, they drafted him and he has not done anything. Maybe no. I, I don't really think about looking for Adam Shaheen when he was drafted a few years ago. So maybe it'll just take them a few years. But like I was saying, my big concern with Komet was, he was just going to turn out like Shaheen. So I'm praying for that. Also, Shaheen, Adam Shaheen got a, caught a touchdown. It makes me so sad because he should have dropped it because he's not a football player. I know, I, whatever. But, um, okay, another question I've got here. Yes. Nagy, you know, that's a topic that comes up a yeah. lot. How do you feel about his play calling? The fact that I think you've got this conundrum where he was initially intending to run the ball more, but every time he gives a ball, he's getting like, zero yards so you're just going to want to throw it 40 times but then you look at the stats at the end of the game and see oh you threw the ball I don't know if this actually happened you know you threw the ball 40 times you only threw it 13 times and you lost the game why were you doing that if you're looking at it from like the Colts game it's like oh that's the reason you lost but the reality of it is would they have done tried to run it but when you're running on you let's say you run on first down and you get like two yards that kind of ruins that's that's a drive killer to be honest yeah. At some point, Nagy has to look at himself and say, okay, we're not going to win the game if we keep running because clearly the run defense is stopping. So my point here is that people can turn and look at the stats and say, you didn't run the ball enough. But if you're actually looking at the game, there can be an explanation as to why he ran it so little. But I still do think that he has to find a way, you know, maybe part of the reason that the run game wasn't effective is because Nagy wasn't utilizing them well enough. Uh, he has to call better plays. I'd like to see more like wide runs. I, I there have been a few like end arounds, stuff like that. Those are always fun. I like those. those. Are fun, but I feel like they never work because there's no real. Because okay, I I hate to say this, but no, there's no I see end arounds work a lot with like the the forty niners. Yeah, but there's a threat of the run, so they have to worry about the run, and then the the out end around works. If you have no real threat on in the inside, people well, it's just don't... like a pitch. Okay, let's say it's not an end around. It's just a it's a pitch to the outside. That's all it is. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I just because if you're being stuffed up the middle, you might want to try to break to the outside instead of keep running it up the middle. And that's what my concern was at the start of the year. You know, you said Nagy's going to run it more. If you're going to keep running it up the middle and doing nothing, it, just because you run it, 
if you get if you run it one time a game and get one yard versus 30 times it doesn't make a difference really but yeah um so basically what do you think about Nagy's play calling throughout the game um you know what I'm gonna give you something that I was waiting to hold on to until Rachel Trubisky was benched so I can be like oh he's bad because I don't want to say he's bad until he's benched because Mm -hmm. I used to say that I think someone said Matt Nagy used 25% of his plays last year. Oh, yeah, no, you told me that before, yeah. Before. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what they can do with Nick Foles. Nick Foles has played two and a half games. He had one bad game, one solid game, but he hasn't gotten into the offense yet. Once he starts getting into the offense, I'm excited. You know what the difference is between the Bears' 2018 and 2019 offense? What? I think that there are a lot of differences, right? But yeah. I think that one big one is they had a swag about them, right? Yeah, I know. I understand. They had a swag, and then they're all depressed in 2019. Don't get into your spiel, Lauren. Swag. Move on. All right. One, one thing. I just, we'll just say it quickly. They had a swag about them. They did trick plays. They did this and that. And even if they didn't always work, they got Akeem Hicks a touchdown. Bradley Sowell. All these random players' touchdowns. It was fun to watch. I'm not saying that they were dominating and they were throwing them off. For- yeah, I know, but I'd like to see some more, some more fun because I, I mean, of course, it's, these wins have been exhilarating with coming back in three out of the four of their wins. But you know, I'd like to see some fun plays. That's all I was saying when I wanted to end around. I want to see a non-quarterback throw. I want to see a Akeem Hicks run for a touchdown. You know, I'm not I don't asking know. for him to get too cute. And I know that there's a fine line between cute and creative. So. I do understand that there's some disadvantages to always trying to run a trick play, but I'd like to see he hasn't been too tricky. A hundred percent. And I really want to see what he can do because I mean, there's also something fun when you watch that bears team, you, there is just a swagger about that offense. When they went, yeah. that, when, when they went down to the field, it felt like they wanted to win well in 2018. It felt like they were just there to be there. And this year I can't really tell. I can't, it doesn't seem like they're, they're like dying of, like they're having the most fun ever, right? And even their defense. Remember, 20- yeah, but Akeem Hicks was saying, you know, it was so much fun to be back. I think that was just because he was injured and not a testament to anything specific. No, yeah. But he was talking about, you know, I'm just out here having fun, and that that was happy to hear. Yeah, but also even in like 2018 and 2019, their defense had celebrations. They were fun, exciting, all of that, right? Yeah. And I, well, I, I don't know if their defense is like we need to be more serious, whatever. But it's also fun. Like, if you have a celebration planned, right, and you really want to do it, you're going to be extra motivated to get an interception or a fumble. Obviously, you're always motivated, but it's like an extra thing. No, but yeah, I'll- I understand. It's just an added incentive. Can exactly. I move on to my final question here, Senor Oren? Senorin? May I? Uh, well, how did you feel about this Bears secondary, specifically Jalen Johnson? Because I have some things to say, but I'm basically conflicted on his play. I think that... Oh, actually, I have a fourth question, but you can go on. What? Just, I just think ask your question. I mean, if you watch the game, Jalen Johnson got beat a few plays here and there. But if you look at the stats after the game, he had a very solid game. Right? I know. Always, like, my question is, I look at the stats after, but is that really more telling than the eye test? But it's, it's also, like, I, I when reflecting on it, I when watching the game, I think, like, man, you keep letting up this and this and this. But then looking back, I'm like, wow, they only gave up 19 points. You know, that has to say that they were doing something well. But then I tell yeah. myself, you know, they had, 
Chris Godwin missing. So Jalen Johnson had Galen Johnson got called for two pass interference penalties, one in the end zone where he still gave up a touchdown. So that was, of course, the worst play of his career, of his very young career. But he's also a rookie quarterback, and I think we've set the bar very high from him at this point. And I, at, at with anything, you're going to expect plays like that from rookie quarterbacks. So everything above those plays that he's had so far have been exceptional. 100%. If you understand yeah. what I'm saying. Normally it takes yeah. cornerbacks a lot of time to develop in this game. So I think that that's very impressive that he's able to even record anything positive just yet. So that's why I'm not too concerned. And the fact that even when I'm watching it, I'm thinking like, this isn't great. But the fact that the stats say something, even if the stats aren't everything, they are something. Uh, the fact that the stats are on Jalen Johnson's side is great as well. Well, and that okay. was a- concerning to what are you saying? Because Jalen Johnson right now is statistically one of the top 10 cornerbacks in the NFL. Yeah, what would I say? So is it is it concerning that he had a, a bit of a bad game from your Yeah, own? I'm saying is it concerning that he was called for two pass interference penalties when he wasn't guarding particularly good receivers because um, Kyle he, Fuller was on Mike Evans the game. He was guarding Evans, and also it's not like they played Was he Matt. guarding Scotty Miller, though? Um, yeah, Scotty Miller didn't get a reception. Yeah, so then that's good. If he was guarding Scotty Miller, then that's pretty good. The thing is, they don't they don't only play man, right? Yeah, I understand that. So, I mean, I think that Jalen Johnson and Kyle Fuller are really doing well. And I think that the vulnerability of this team isn't the wide receivers. They're allowing very few yards to wide receivers. I was looking at it. DJ Moore has the second as like the second hardest matchup for any team. He's playing against Kyle Fuller, right, in the secondary. It's the second hardest secondary to play against as a wide receiver. But I think that the only weakness for this passing defense – is the tight ends and kind of the running backs because they've been allowing like a bit too many yards, tight ends and running backs, but I mean, they'll figure it out. Yeah. My final question. And you've been the one to bring this up a lot. Cairo Santos, Santos. <laughs> what happens if Pinero comes back? So what, you... I, what I found interesting mm-hmm. is that, you know, this week they signed Kai Forbath to their practice squad. Kicker. Kicker. Interesting, interesting. And then, you know what they did? They protected Cairo Santos. You can protect, I think, one to two players a week. They always protect Tyler Bray. This week, they also protected Cairo Why Santos. Why they protect Tyler Bray? They, because they, they don't want to give him away. Because they're saying other teams may want him, and they want to keep him. And Wait, keep what does it mean to protect someone? They can be signed by another player, all right? Another team. Oh, are, are, are they, like, on the practice squad? What is it? Like, they're not on the – so another team could go in and sign them. Wait, if you're on someone's practice squad, you can get signed by another team? Yes. Got it. But then they protect. They protect them so they can't be signed by another Wait, but team. Wait, but Cairo Santos, Cairo, Cairo, isn't he, isn't he on their actual team now? My Forbeth was protected. Oh, no, that is very interesting. So this poses a few questions. Number one, do they have faith in Cairo Santos? Number two... Is Eddie Pinero just not going to play this whole year? And number three, even if let's say they have faith in Cairo Santos, why would they, and Pinero's out the whole year, right? I really doubt he is. But even if he's out the whole year and they have faith in Cairo Santos, is Cairo Santos injury prone? Because why would they keep a kicker on their bench? Yeah, I don't know. Kai Forbath, I had not heard about that, so I can't speak to that. I have a theory that maybe there's more to Pinero than just 
his injury, they might just be keeping out Cairo for now. But I think Cairo, Cairo has played pretty well. He came in in the clutch with that final field goal there. Uh, if it's a kicker, just roll with the guy you've got. I think if a guy's making field goals, there's no reason not to, especially as he's not like Justin Tucker getting injured here. Eddie Pinheiro, he was all right in his first season. So if you found a guy that can make field goals for you, just roll with that. It'll, of course, get a lot more interesting if Cairo is like Cairo Santos is like shaky, but not like he's not perfect, but he's still kind of good. And then you've got Pinero coming back. Now that'll be a whole situation. But I think as long as Cairo keeps playing well, you keep him in, plays terribly, bench him. And yeah. So I want to quickly go over this because we can have a reaction to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a rumor. Um, sports mockery says that Trubisky has requested a trade. Sports mockery, or it's just some random thing. Or right. sports mockery. No, no, no. I'm, I think it's real. No, sports mockery. Let me look. Sports mockery. I tried to look it up. I couldn't find it, so I'm not positive it's true. But I think that this is like maybe it is real. Trade for Mitch Trubisky is not impossible for the Bears. Here. Yeah, but that doesn't say he requested a trade. Know, it just wait, says, wait, it's, just, it's just an opinion article on why the Bears might trade wait, him. Let's see. No. All right. SM has been informed that Trubisky, for his part, has requested a trade. Three teams have inquired about such an idea to Chicago. So far, the Bears haven't engaged in any sort of negotiations. Why? The most obvious explanation is the fear of Foles' health injury. The 31-year-old veteran has never started more than 11 games in a season, often due to injury setbacks. That's interesting. I don't know what would be offered, but I doubt that it would be anything more than some picks. You're not going to get a standout. I don't see the Bears getting a standout player. No, they're um, not. They'll get a fourth round pick, but they won't. Yeah. Trade. So the most, va- especially since you're talking about win now, the most valuable player that the Bears can have for Trubisky right now is Mitchell Trubisky because, like you're saying, he's a valuable backup even if he's not great. He can still win a few games. Um, and trading for like some backup or some pick isn't going to help them now. And if Foles gets injured, then they're kind of screwed. So I wouldn't like the Bears to trade Trubisky unless they're going to get some great talent, which I really doubt. Yeah, they're not going to get a great talent because they're just not. And also, Trubisky is going to be a free agent after this year, so they're not going to get much from him because yeah, like, because they'll just wait until he goes to free agency to sign him. Exactly. So, but I just wanted to say that to get your reaction there. We're going on to our predictions. We're going to do this quick. All okay. right. Okay. I mean, we can we can talk for a little. You can do whatever yeah, we you can want. Talk for a little. But um, Bears versus Panthers. You know, I like to pick the Bears. I pick the Bears every week, man. But really? the Panthers don't. Yep. Every single week, so that means that I'm five and one with my Bears picks. So I'll four and one. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'll so I'll just sit on that for now. It's not like I'm doing too bad. Or and you're uh, what's that? You're four and are you are you three and three? Me too. Damn, you're so bad. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, what I was saying was that I don't really know that much about the Carolina Panthers, to be honest. They have a pretty good offense, but always got, I, I'd rather good the Bears play a team with a good offense and a bad defense than vice versa, just because the Bears have a better defense than they do an offense. So basically, I think they match up well. I don't know that much about the Panthers' defense, but uh, I, I don't know. I just... I haven't seen the Panthers that much, to be honest, but I think I'm going to roll with the Bears here. So I ben, like the Bears. I'm a Bears fan. This is just me being biased. But right now they're 4-1, and one and I've picked them every week. I'm going to keep picking them. 
Uh, you can talk now. Maybe if you say something, it might change my mind. But I'm going to roll with the Bears, it looks like. And so then I'll I'm give gonna, a score. I'll give a score after. Question that, that'll help you fully determine what you pick. Mm-hmm. Would you rather the Bears play a good run defense like the Buccaneers? But hey, you asked me that. You asked me that last time. Ask me. Or a bad run defense and a good pass defense like the yeah i answered this question last week i'd rather them play a bad pass defense because i think generally uh when the bears play bad pass defenses their offense tends to do better and i think generally if you're a team that has a competent passer then when you play a bad pass defense your offense is more likely to be explosive just because you know throwing the ball downfield is going to generally get you more points than running the ball i understand that running is safer but if you're talking about getting more points having a better offense than playing a bad pass defense is going to do that for you so that's why i think that it's better when the bears play a bad pass defense so now let's get this straight the buccaneers are i think one of the top run defenses and I guess fantasy doesn't mean anything. I didn't really feel like pulling up the stats, like the stats themselves. But fantasy says that playing the Buccaneers is the fourth hardest opponent to play for a okay. quarterback, right? Yep. I guess fantasy doesn't mean everything. But yeah, I know. I think it means just in terms of fantasy points, that doesn't mean that they win the game, but whatever, go on. What I'm saying is that the Buccaneers, even though they have a better pass rush than they do secondary, they still have a great defense. And I think it was unfair to pose that question. Because you think they have a great defense, the Panthers? No, the, the, I mean the, the Buccaneers, Buccaneers. Oh, okay, okay, sorry. I might have misheard you too. Panthers, on the other hand, have a, a solid secondary, a terrible run defense. Oh, also, they lost Kwan. I think his name's Kwan Short. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, they're looking depleted that position. Their whole scheme is, is really kind of letting up the run. They play kind of on defense. They play kind of a typical college defense where it's, let up the run, go, don't, don't give up that many pass, pass yards because in, I feel like in college it's more passing. Yeah, it definitely is. But it's, it's more of a high-scoring type of that. And if you can stop the pass in college, then, I mean, you're in a good position. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? I'm going to pick the Bears. I'll give you my score prediction. It's going to be perfectly on. <laughs> okay, go on. All right. 21-17. Bears will indeed stop them at the 32-yard line on fourth and seven to win the game. <laughs> That's funny. Um, no, I know. It's just funny how specific you were. I'm not going to be as specific as you. Well, you know what? Why not? Benjamin, I'm going to get it exactly right. I know. I, I believe you. I believe you. I was watching, well, whatever. I'm not going to get procrastinated. But, um, shoot. I don't know. I, I, I like nice round numbers, but can I really imagine this game? I mean, the Bears haven't played in a high-scoring game yet. Maybe this is the game where they finally click. I, I like 24 for the Bears. I like that, too. I like – give me – wait, what did you pick? 24-17, 21-17. I, I want 24-20. I think that's good. 24-20. What? Oh, two touchdowns, two field goals. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. 24-20. Um, give me a sec. Oh, bold prediction. One of the touchdowns the Bears will give up will be over 50 yards. That's, I actually kind of agree with that. I think that's fair. And I think because they, have- they do have a lot of deep threats. I think this young. The Bears will have an interception, but who will get it? Yeah, I think they will have an interception. You know what? Give me Jalen Johnson gets his first intercept. No, I'm not going to say that. I mean, it'd be fun, but 
the better fit. Give me Tashawn Gibson. Tayshawn, Tashawn. Sean Gibson. Interesting. I, you know, I, honestly, I, when I look at it, first of all, he's already had a pick, I think. Yeah, give me some Jalen Johnson. I like that. Uh, okay, I don't know. Tayshawn, whatever his name, Gibson is, is a – I feel boring picking him. I don't know why, because he's not like a fun guy that we talk about a lot. But he just he seems to get a lot of pressures. I don't know. I don't know if I believe that. I'm just going to pick him. But anyway, I was thinking about uh, the scenario in which the Bears win. So it's 24 to 20. And um, shoot, what happens here? I don't know. Do I want to do the Panthers have a last second drive and then fail? I can definitely see that. But is it like the end of the game or just like the Bears kneel after for years? The Bears end on three QB kneels. or The Bears end on two QB kneels, which means that the game will end between 40, between 40 seconds and a minute, 20 seconds left because mm-hmm. there will be a turnover on downs. Okay. Oh, dang. I, let me think. Also, Mike Davis, revenge game. Oh, yeah, I forgot he was on the Bears. Wait, was he on the Bears? Yeah, last year. The Bears cut him? Mid-season. That's crazy that that's Mike Davis. That kind of sucks because he's – I mean, maybe it just shows running backs don't matter, but – Also, also, maybe even if – maybe it shows that the Bears just – The Bears are just bad, yeah. Then Mike Davis could do well. Okay, I'm not going to waste forever. We've been going on long enough. So I will just say um, Bears – Last second drive, uh, last second field goal. They've had some clutch field goals, but wait, that doesn't even make sense. My it final score is 20. No, not Bears last second field goal. Shoot, I don't know what to say. I'm just spewing stuff. I don't know if I believe it. I'd have to think about it for a while. But anyway, no, I kind of agree with what you're saying in that um, they the Panthers try to have a last second drive. The Bears like the come Bears close to giving it up because the Bears that's what they, the Bears have done in the Lions game. That's what they've done in the Giants game. Um Falcons game, even they almost in all the games, in all the games that they've won, the Bears they've had a last second drive. The other team has had the ball, and then the Bears have stopped them. So I agree with what you're saying there. They're gonna have the ball, but then um, you know what? In my thing, it um the ball, the game is gonna end with the ball in the Panthers' hands because the clock's gonna be running out, but they need a touchdown because they're down, they're down four, so it's gonna end on like a Hail Mary incompletion. I like that. 24 like 20. That. Okay, I went on too long with that prediction, but I finally feel good about that. And Bear we're ending at exactly 11 o'clock p.m. Man, this is like two hours. I think yeah. it's not even two wow. hours. Wow, wow, wow. I'm going to have fun editing this, even though it's not. How are you? Uh... Okay, good night, everyone. Good night. <laughs> uh, nice down. episode. I'm excited for a Bears win. Oh, yeah. Bear down, as always. Tell your friends about us. We need some fans. We've probably got like two fans right now, but that's fine. We're just going to keep grinding. Gave up on the YouTube channel, but you can check that out. Maybe if it gets views, I'll change my mind. But, you know, school's a little regular, rigorous. Anyway, bear down. Bye-bye. Bear down. Wear your masks. If you enjoyed this episode of From the Den, please remember to comment or leave a review depending on your listening platform. Or if you're a Packers fan, remember to write some nasty reviews and comments. Thanks for listening and bear down.